Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how you can eliminate 90% of your meetings and win back 20 plus hours every single week. So I know that may sound too good to be true, especially given the current climate that we live in with all of the meetings that we go on and how important everybody else seems to make the meetings appear to be, even though we know many of them can just be an email. But I promise you, if you have the right system for approaching this and you do it in the right way, you can eliminate a ton of the meetings that are sucking up your time, which is just going to free up more time for you to actually do the work that matters or to take that time back to do some self-care and to go do some other things that really matter to you. Time is our most precious resource. So the more things that we can do to get that back, whether it's at work or in our personal lives, we should be trying to do those things. And that's exactly why we're recording this episode. So this is going to be a seven-step process. And it all starts with the understanding that meetings are killing your focus. That's the first piece here. When we look at the data, the average employee is stuck in over five meetings per day. And meetings have risen over 70% over the past two years. And this is really a result of what we saw with the pandemic. Before the pandemic, you would be in an office most likely with your other colleagues, other employees. If you had a question, you could just swing by their desk. You could go get a cup of coffee. You could talk about it over lunch. But now any question that people have results in an automatic meeting. People seem to default to that. Yes, they kind of use Slack a little bit for this, but what I found is that people just don't want to do the effort or do the work of typing in the question, typing out all the context, doing all that in Slack or over email. So instead of what they do is they put 30 minutes on your calendar. And the problem with that is if you were to swing by their desk or if you were to have a face-to-face with them, this conversation may only take about five minutes. But because of the societal norms in the professional world, 30 minutes seems to be like the minimum meeting block. And therefore, people book 30 minutes for what could be a five-minute interaction or even a five to 10-minute email. And now you're stuck on this meeting, filling that dead space with fluff and crap and stuff that doesn't really matter. And that's the biggest problem here. Because now, if you get three or four of those requests that could have been five, 10-minute interactions, now that's two, three hours of your day that's being sucked away from you and put on somebody else's agenda, right? You're working on somebody else's projects and not your own. And then the worst part about that is when you're in these meetings, you're still getting pinged on Slack and email. So you're seeing those notifications pop up. You're getting stressed out because not only do you not necessarily care about 90% of the meeting that you're in, but you're also not able to reply to all these other things. So when you leave the meeting, that work piles up as well. All of this is killing your productivity and most likely your happiness at work. So how do we fix it? Well, that brings us to the second step here, and that is to create deep work zones. So deep work is where the true magic happens in your career and in the work that you do. Deep work is when you make these really big strides. They're when you put together these amazing ideas and projects, and you need to intentionally create space for them. So what I want you to do is go look at your schedule and find a three-hour block every day, and I want you to completely block it off on your calendar. Now, I know that may sound intimidating, but I promise you, once we work through the rest of the system, you are going to be able to handle any objections or weird looks that you might get from other people. 
And the other thing I'd recommend here is doing this at the beginning of the day. The biggest reason to do it at the start of the day is because you get all of your work done first. You get everything done on your plate right up front. And then the rest of the day, if there are meetings or other people pinging you or whatever, it's not as stressful because you've already gotten all of your stuff done or a lot of your own stuff done earlier on in the day. So again, look at your schedule and try to find that three hour period. And if three hours seems like a lot at the beginning, start with half an hour. And then every single week, make a commitment to increase it by 30 minutes until you reach that three hour period. That will allow you to kind of wade into the waters here. The third step is to set expectations with everybody else. So you can go to your colleagues and tell them that you're trying something new. You can let them know that you've noticed your focus and your productivity taking a hit since, you know, whatever time frame you want to give them, and that you really want to take some of this time back so that you can perform better in your role and in the projects that you're working on, and also so that you can be more present in meetings. You can frame it up to be a positive to them to say, hey, look, in the meetings that we're in and with the current schedule that we have, I'm not able to be fully present because I have all of these other things going on. So by creating this space to do some deep work, to do my own work up front, I can be more present in our meetings. I can make sure to give you 100% of my time, attention, and energy. And then you can tell them as a result of all this, you're creating blocks for what you're calling deep work from X to Y periods of time during the day. So you can say you're creating blocks of deep work from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. or from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. during the day. And then give them an opportunity to reach you if it's a true emergency. So you can say, hey, if this is a true emergency, here's the specific channel that you can use to reach me. And I promise you, if this is a true emergency and you ping me in this channel, I will drop what I'm doing and I will help you. So this makes people feel better in a couple of ways. One, you're telling them that you're not able to give them 100% of your attention presence and focus because of these issues. And so if they give you this space, you're going to give them 100% of your time and energy when you're on those meetings or whatever it is. Then you're also making them feel better about the communication, right? The last thing that they want is to not be able to reach you, right? That gives people a lot of anxiety in the workplace. So by giving them that emergency channel, you kind of massage that fear a little bit and you let them know, hey, there is a way for you to reach me, but let's just make sure that it's for emergencies only. So now you're going to start doing this, right? You're going to start executing it. And that brings us to step number four, which is expanding beyond the deep work. So what's going to happen here is once you have those deep work blocks, people are going to hopefully respect them, but then they're going to scramble to meet with you after that deep work period. And this is where you can start to feel a little guilty. You can start to succumb to these meetings because you're thinking, well, I was just doing work for three hours on my own. I didn't talk to anybody else and these people need my time. So I should say yes to this meeting, but you should not say yes to that meeting because then what's going to happen is you're just going to flip things. Your your afternoons or whenever that that deep work period is done are just going to be packed with even more meetings. And yes, you've opened up this block for yourself, but it's still going to feel really stressful. So instead, what I like to do here is offer alternatives. And I have a three-step process for this. First, I'm going to offer email. Second, I'm going to offer video. And then third, I'm going to offer a 10-minute meeting. So let's break down each of these. First, I'm going to push back with email. So if somebody books a meeting on my calendar that I think could be an email, right, I'm going to go back to them and politely say, hey, I saw your invite for this meeting, but I'm currently working to finish, you know, X specific thing by this specific deadline. Would it be possible to send over a summary via email? And then I can get you my thoughts ASAP. So we can push back on every single meeting that is not mandatory, that's not coming from, you know, a a skip level manager or that's something super critical. Anything that could be an email, anything that you could kind of 
put off or doesn't really need to be that 30-minute meeting, start by sending this note to people. And what you'll find is that some of them will send that email summary to you. And now what you can do is you can reply in kind. I actually like to use video to reply just because it kind of mimics the feel of a meeting. It makes people feel seen. And I'll show you how to do that in the next step here. But now you've just moved what would have been a 30-minute meeting to an email, and they're doing most of the writing here. So it's even less time on your end. But some people won't feel good about writing in an email. What they may say is, you know, it's a, it's a lot to explain. It's going to take a really long time to type that out. I'd prefer to just meet via, you know, Zoom or whatever it is. So then you can come back to them and say, you know, hey, I totally understand that it's a lot to type out. I totally understand that, you know, it's going to take a long time. But what if you just recorded a video? There's this awesome tool out there called Loom. It's loom.com. I recommend it to everybody. Uh, but you can tell them there's this awesome tool called Loom. And what you can do is just record a video talking through what you want to talk about. And then you can send it to me. And what I can do is watch it when I have a second on my side, once I've gotten some of this stuff done, and then I can get back to you with the video as well. And that way, you don't have to type everything out. You can speak it. You can say it same as if we'd be on a meeting. But this is just going to make it a little easier for me to be 100% present in watching what you send and making sure that I give you all the information that you need. So again, I love this as a second step because it's not a meeting, but it is video. It kind of mimics the feel of a meeting and it makes people feel like they're seen, right? When they lo use Loom, it actually notifies them when you watch the video. So, so they get that reminder and then they can actually explain things as if they're talking to you and that makes them feel really good too. So I found that this tends to cover about 80 to 90% of the pushbacks on the first step, which is that email. So start by pushing back with email then push back with video. If they still want the meeting, what you should do is send an invite for a 15 minute slot or a 10 minute slot. I would actually start with 10 and if you need to bump it to 15, you can, but send an invite for that short period of time. Then ask them to send all of the relevant info ahead of time and ask for a tangible outcome for the meeting. So what you can do is say to them, hey, I totally understand, you know, email and video aren't going to work. So how about we do this? I want to make sure that, you know, we're respectful of, of each of our time and that we're able to, to tackle this problem. So I'm going to send a 15 minute slot over to you or 10 minute slot over to you. And then before that meeting, would you be able to send me all of the relevant info that's pertinent to our conversation? And then can you send me the tangible outcome that you want to walk away from this meeting with? So now the onus is back on them to send you all the relevant info, which spoiler alert is basically going to be what they would have done in step one and two if they had listened to you. And then second, they're going to give you a tangible outcome for the meeting. So you know exactly what they're looking for and you can help achieve that goal. You can give them the information that they need so that even though this meeting is 10 or 15 minutes, they're going to walk away feeling like they got that tangible outcome. And you know what that tangible outcome is because you asked for it. So if you do these things, if you go through this process, what you're going to do is first open up hours of deep work for yourself where you're going to be able to get all of your important priorities done before other people start asking you for your time, before you start giving it away. And then even when, when people start asking you for your time, you're going to be able to skirt a whole bunch of these meetings. And that's going to allow you to take a bunch of your time back. Now, of course, there are meetings we can't skip. There are mandatory meetings that we have to be at. There are mission critical meetings that actually do require a meeting. But if you go through this process, you are going to be able to eliminate 90% of those meetings that all could have been an email. You're going to save a ton of time. And now you can use that time to invest in whatever you want, right? It's not being spent on these meetings, which is going to be a huge boon for your productivity, your effectiveness, and your mental health. That's it for today. Thank you as always for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.